All right, guys. It is May Day. It's Star Wars Day. I'm wearing my Star Wars stuff. So it is. So it is. And yeah. we have Sarah Cosmo on. So um, cosmic. We're really excited about this topic. I'm excited about this topic. I know Craig is excited about this topic. We're talking about the QHHT situation, but also our guest Sarah has a book regarding kind of some of the things that she's heard through everything with um atlantis which you know we've heard a lot about and um i'm i'm really anxious and excited to just jump right in right here but before anything else you know just welcome craig how you doing today yeah i'm really excited too i put it on facebook this week that i've been looking at this for a little while now uh privately you know in my own study and the links between certain things it's all coming together so i'm it's it's great for me that this has come at this time because I've because I've got lots of questions and things I'd like to hear so I'm excited. Yeah, and Edgar Casey is one who's had a lot with this, and um, yep. I happen to love him. I of course was told that he's the devil most of my <laughs> life, so we never touched that. But I watched a documentary on him, and he was like a Bible thumping, like Very Sunday school teacher, carried his Bible around everywhere, read it all the time. And then just had this amazing gift and just started, you know, he saw major players in the world. I mean, like all the big guys came to yeah. him to get answers and to get their health straight. So, um, you know, there's quite, I'd encourage anybody who, you know, wants to dive into this. He's got some really good information on it, too. But without um, anything else, as far as um, we're, what am I saying? Announcements. Don't forget to go ahead and get your notifications, you know, of course, subscribe if you're not. Um, welcome all the members who are here and any future members that are with us that helps us keep us going. And we do appreciate your some more support so much. You can also support us just by sharing, tagging, you know, letting people know that we're here. And we have some really great, great guests, um, not only in the past that you can like go back and watch, but we have a really cool um, group of people here, even in the lineup of the next few weeks. So I do hope that you guys will check that out. You can also go to swiftfire.org and get on the newsletter where we announce it every week and stuff too. So without any further ado, I'm going to get Sarah on. Hi guys. Hey, Hello. how's it going? Oh, great. It's a beautiful day in the Florida Keys over here. Woohoo! awesome. <laughs> Awesome, Sarah. Well, um, I haven't officially met you. We kind of like, I've talked to you a little bit on Facebook and had some in interaction. I see your posts. They're always so positive and funny and cute. So you guys make sure to follow her. Um, but tell us a little bit about your background. Like, I know we're going to get into Atlantis too, but tell us about, you know, Dolores and how you got connected with her. And, and then we'll just start from there and see where this goes. Well, it's so funny because I wasn't into any of this stuff at all. So I totally understand when people tell me that they aren't into this stuff either, you know, because I was there. I was one of those people. I just didn't believe in any of this stuff. I mean, I grew up with a background that just no one talked about this stuff. I didn't even know it was even a thing, honestly. And so... But when I was younger, I had so many problems. I mean, I was just one of those people that just always had some sort of an issue, you know, and I seemed to be like a hypochondriac super manifester because if other people had a problem and I thought about their problem, I could even get their problem too. And it was like, it was so bad. So I went to therapy and in therapy, it was good. You know, it was nice to have someone to talk to, but I never felt like I ever got better or anything changed, you know, but that was my, that was the only thing I knew as far as helping people. So I decided that I was going to become a therapist or a psychologist is what I wanted to do. So I went to college to become a psychologist, but something life-changing happened to me. So I went to college and after a couple months, I went back home to my family's house and there's this mirror that you see when you walk through the door. And right away when I looked at myself in the mirror, my jaw dropped because I had had so many problems before going away to college. 
and I hadn't even noticed it. But while I was away, I had forgotten to have my problems and everything had changed. And so I stared at myself in the mirror because before going to college, I was, I'll just give you a little rundown of some of my issues. I was overweight. I had all kinds of phobias, fears. I had sleep problems. I had OCD where I would open and close drawers all the time and things like that. And I went to college and I was busy and I hadn't really, you know, I was eating the same things, actually more because college pizza, you know, and I stared at myself in the mirror because I had lost a ton of weight. I had, I realized in that moment, wait a minute, I had been sleeping. I, I didn't have any OCD and I realized, and it just changed my life that my thought patterns because I changed my environment, it was my thought patterns that had changed. And because of that, I could literally change anything. And I've never had those problems since. Um, so it was just like, so uh, it was such an aha moment for me. I was like, oh my God, I can really change my life knowing how much my thought patterns really play into my, my world, you know? So I just continued. I went to college. I graduated. And before going to graduate school, I had an internship. So my internship was to um, give the, the patients their medications and to counsel them. I wanted to go to call. I wanted to go to graduate school for um, psychology. But this was an internship that dealt with medication. Um, it was just the next level up before going to graduate school. Mm -hmm. And so I would give people their medication and counsel them with all these techniques that I learned in college. Within about a week, I felt, and this is just my own experience. Everybody has their own experiences and mine occurred this way for a reason. I felt as if everything that I had learned in college was a lie because I thought I was learning the leading edge of thought. The best way that us as a collective can help people with mental illnesses or issues. And I was a counselor in a halfway house for mentally ill patients. And I thought, cannot believe that this is, after all the schooling, this is it? None of this even seems to work. If I showed up at 7 a.m. for my shift and I would give everybody their medications, they'd be drooling on the couch within about 45 minutes. And I was like thinking to myself, this just doesn't seem right. There's got to be something more out there. And I got really frustrated with how I saw the patients being treated and the types of different medications and the side effects that those caused when all of us counselors knew 100% that these medications cause these side effects and yet we couldn't go over that. No. So anyway, I didn't go to graduate school. Yeah. I was going to say, I worked in psych units too for a while. So I totally, oh. it's heartbreaking. Um, it is. And I was on the um, adolescence for, um, ward for a little while too. And I mean, yeah, keep going, but it is, well, it's hard to watch. Also, I was so surprised that some of these residents were called crazy because they talked to aliens. They were heavily medicated. That was the pro, that's the pro, I don't know about now, but that was the protocol. This is 97. Um, and they'd be drooling on the couch because they talked to angels and aliens. And I never saw any of them leave. There were no success stories ever. So eventually I found much, many years later, I found hypnosis and I essentially, I wanted to learn regression therapy, thinking people would just be regressed in their current lifetime. I didn't believe in any of this other stuff because I, I didn't have a background in it and I was very scientifically minded. So I just had no you know idea of other things out there, but in order to become a master hypnotist, I had to take lose weight, quit smoking, which I was comfortable with, but past life regression also, because that was a big thing. And so in order to do this, I needed to practice on a, a bunch of people because I wanted to get, I wanted to become a master hypnotist. 
And so I was really comfortable with the lose weight, quit smoking. And those were a lot of fun, but it seemed like, you know, they sometimes worked, sometimes didn't. It was sort of like putting a bandaid on cancer because you never really got to the root cause of the issue. Um, as a hypnotist, it was just like, just hypnotize a person and the suggestions would work, but not for very long. But I noticed right away that there was something about the past life regression therapy, hypnosis, mm -hmm. because people could come in and they can literally heal, heal themselves just with one session. And I thought, wait a minute, <laughs> how is this possible? Why are they healing themselves? I just don't understand it. They're obviously just telling me a story. That's what I thought. I thought, well, this is a great story, you know, but then they'd have these miraculous results. Like they, uh, something would flash in their mind, an image say, and sometimes that was enough just to heal something that they'd been dealing with for most of their life. So I thought, well, I really have always wanted to do something that works. So I decided to study with Dr. Brian Weiss and he was my first teacher. And I studied with him in New York and then I did his regression method for many, many years. And he's so sweet and so nice. And um, he just really opened my mind to all these concepts. And I started to think, wow, maybe there's actually, maybe there's something to this because my clients would say the same things about the afterlife or about like, you know, spirituality and it just didn't make sense for it not to be true because they would all say the same things like when they would leave their body i really started to believe it little by little but then i felt like something was missing in my life i just didn't really know what it was i just felt like there must be something more i would like search the internet looking for something i didn't know what i was looking for and so i contacted this psychic and I had a psychic reading and she said, oh, Sarah, this is the easiest reading I've ever done. <laughs> she said, everybody has so many different future potentials, but you don't have any. You're, this is like the easiest <laughs> reading. She's like, um, she's like, I'm, I know why you're, you feel like you are missing something is because you're supposed to do Dolores Cannon's method of quantum healing hypnosis technique. And I never heard of Dolores Cannon. So I was like, all right, whatever. And then she said, you're going to start, you're going to get really good at it and you're going to be teaching it. And then you're going to be writing books and speaking about it all over the world. And I just thought she had me confused. I mean, I thought there's no way. First of all, I would never teach anything. I don't know what you're talking about. I would never speak about something all over the world. And I'm not a writer. So I thought she just got me confused. So then, because I didn't even look up Dolores Cannon, I thought, well, this is a terrible psychic reading. <laughs> <laughs> then months, it was months later, maybe even six months later, I just saw Dolores Cannon pop up on something I was, I was reading. And I thought, wow, that is really interesting. <laughs> so I, I checked it out. And sure enough, as soon as I found out what she was all about, everything sort of clicked within me. And it was so funny because it was just like the psychic said, I worked my way up from the bottom to becoming an instructor. And I was teaching it with Dolores Cannon's daughter all over the world before the quarantine. I wrote a book and I've been speaking about my work all over the world. <laughs> She's really good. Her name is Emmanuel Macintosh. She's out of France, but she speaks English. That's the psychic. Um, so how I got into Atlantis was by accident, just like everything else. I really never feel like um, there's anything special about me. I just, I feel all the time, like I just happen to be in the right place at the right time. That's how it feels. Um, Cause I wanted, I was going to take the level three class of Dolores Cannon's method. And these are very um, small classes. There's only a couple people and now it's different, but you would do it. I did it with uh, Julia Cannon and she went over everything we did and it's a really tough class. So I needed somebody on the spot <clears throat> to be my volunteer 
to take this video submission to this class. And I needed a volunteer like on the spot. And I thought to myself, I want to have somebody who um, just wouldn't mind, doesn't know any of these people, wouldn't mind me videotaping them and they'll just be my volunteer. I didn't want to get a paying uh, client because I just thought, you know, this gonna everybody's going to watch it. So I asked my friend, Jen, if she would just be my volunteer. And Jen and I had been friends for over 10 years and she was a teacher at my, at the kids school. And so she did not believe in any of this stuff at all. None. In fact, she was worse than I was. I mean, she didn't really believe in past lives that much. She definitely didn't believe in aliens because I asked her and she said, definitely not. Um, Jen, like, was very scientific, um, just had no, no interest in this kind of stuff. The only thing I knew that she was sort of interested was law of attraction. That was where she was. So it was something. <laughs> But I would bring up stuff that happened in sessions a little bit. And she was just not into it. She was like one of those friends. You just don't bring anything up like that. So I said, would you be interested in being my volunteer? And I really regretted it when I asked her because I thought, why didn't I just ask one of my open friends? You know, why did I ask this friend? I just didn't know why it blurted out of my mouth. And then she stared at me and she said, I didn't know exactly what you did because yes, I will definitely like to be your volunteer because I'm suffering right now from this brain condition called pseudotumor cerebri. And she said she hadn't told anyone from the school, only her husband knew at the time. But basically what was happening was the spinal fluid in her brain was suffocating her brain. So she was losing vision out of one eye. There was a severe risk of a stroke and she was put on this heavy duty medication and she was working really closely because it was so severe with this team of specialists at the University of Miami. And they told her there's no cure for this. There's nothing that anyone can do for this, but you could maybe live another 20 years on this heavy duty medication. But they have, the medication was causing all these side effects and she just felt horrible. And she was only 32. So she was like, yes, I'll do whatever. I'll be your volunteer. And I told her a little bit about Dolores Cannon's method that basically you're basically tuning into yourself. You're relaxing. You're tuning into yourself and you can find out anything. You can find out if you've had a past life. You can find out who you really are, your true purpose on this earth. And you can even heal yourself. And so that was what she was interested in. Not any of the, not the past life part. She didn't really know if she believed it. So in our first session, as I regress her, she, she goes back to this ancient civilization in the South Pacific. And she describes it in so much detail. Just she can smell the smells, like see everything. And she realizes that this ancient civilization is like a matriarchal civilization where she is actually being groomed to be one of the, the rulers there, the leaders. And women were the natural leaders in this place because they subconsciously carried um, very important information from uh, mother to daughter, and they never had to teach their daughters. This was just passed through subconsciously. It's something that we've kind of lost over a period of time. But it was not the case then. And this knowledge was so important because it was knowledge like what plants can contain certain properties and what plants would kill you, what plants you would use um, for ceremonies. It's very important knowledge like that. And also women were the more compassionate ones and actually more logical in, in these times. So they were the natural leaders. Um, and... Of course, there was more of a, it was a more harmonious, harmonious society where there's so much compassion and everyone was considered equal in this place. And it was really interesting because we came to understand that this place was called Lemuria, but, but back then it was called Amon. That's what, how they, that's how they called it. They said Amon. And then she's remembering in our first session that this group of visitors came 
and they were looking for something. And when they couldn't get what they wanted, this group of visitors were very, very advanced. They were people, but they were very advanced. And they traveled on these travel spheres that had the stealth-like technology that used a propulsion mechanism. And then when they arrived, they had all kinds of technology that the Lemurians did not have. And these people that we found later came from this place called Atlantis, wanted something from the Lemurians. And when they couldn't get it, they took, they took uh, Jen, but in a different lifetime, as a prisoner. And she spent 60 years in a prison in Atlantis. And so after our first session, I asked Jen's higher self, because that's what you do in a Dolores Cannon's um, method, why they showed us this lifetime of all lifetimes they could show her. And they said the purpose was because we decided before coming into this lifetime to get together and to uncover this information because this information is so needed by the world right now. And we decided that we would do this. And so that's why they showed us this. We need to go uncover this whole story that's so important for humanity right now. And I asked, well, why does she, what is the root cause of this brain condition? And they said, the very root cause is the catalyst to get her to see me. That without any type of um, medical condition, she would have never gone, she would have never agreed to the session. And so I said, well, if that's the root cause, can you release this now then since she came? Like the root cause was what? I'm sorry. The catalyst to get her to come see me. Oh, okay. Because she would have yeah. never had a session with me. She didn't believe in any of this stuff. Oh, but it was okay. the motivating factor. So I said, well, if that's all that, you know, she needed this for, can you release it now? And they said, yes. And instantly she started to feel it draining. She went back to her team of specialists and it, it, she was healed. And so we decided maybe there was something to this. So let's get together and figure out what this story is. It's so important to share with the world because, I mean, it was interesting to find out about Atlantis and Lemuria, but what is this story that's so important that needs to come out so badly right now that we chose to to uncover. So I thought, I told her higher consciousness, take her back to the beginning of the story, the story you want us to share with the world. And I thought that her higher self was going to take her back to that lifetime in Lemuria and that we would uncover from the beginning this lifetime, probably from her childhood. That's what I thought. And that wasn't the case. They decided to take her back to a lifetime where she's an extraterrestrial crash landing on earth for the first time. The whole time I was thinking, Oh my God, my friend does not believe in extraterrestrials. What are you going to say? <laughs> so, you know, that's a question that comes up a lot is how do these people feel when they find things like this out? And, you know, actually, I was really interested to see her reaction, but it's actually like when you quiet your mind and you go inward, you feel as if you always knew this stuff. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so she just said everything kind of, everything just made more sense. It was mm -hmm. like things become more clear. It's almost like when you find out why you've had that recurring dream ever since you were three, you know, it's like putting the pieces of a puzzle together. So she goes back to remember this lifetime and we found out why they came to earth what the that they were seeding of pop this population you know stuff that was really new to her i had heard a little of this stuff in my sessions but not this not in this many details not to fully understand the perspective from an extraterrestrial crash landing. It was really interesting and just how important earth was to their society. And I knew there was no way she had ever heard any of this stuff before. <laughs> so we decided to uncover all this information and we put it, you know, 
all into books. So I wrote A Hypnotist's Journey to Atlantis because they kept telling us these need to be separate books. Hers, that's what her higher consciousness kept saying. Hers needed to be just her firsthand perspective. And mine was a collaboration because, oh, I didn't tell you this yet. So during this time that I was working with Jen, this weird phenomenon started happening where, and before I say that, do that, um, Jen's book is called Child of, Child of the Universe by J.L.F. Sullivan. It's very, very good. J.L.F. So, Sullivan? J.L.F. Uh, Sullivan, yes. So um, um, the strange phenomenon started happening in my office that I thought was just a coincidence where people that didn't had never met before and didn't know I was working on this information started to recount in their sessions Atlantis lifetimes, like towards, towards the end. And it, I would start to recognize where they were instantly because they would start describing the same types of buildings, the same, the moats, you know, and I thought, what a weird coincidence. Maybe this is just what everybody experiences right now. Or they, you know, remember being an extraterrestrial crash landing on earth. And I thought, gosh, so many, so many of these sessions or Lemuria. Um, and I'd like to share, I sometimes you know, when I'm presenting, I'll share little clips of this interesting phenomena because it's so mind blowing. You can see people saying the same things. So I, I started noticing this strange coincidence that I thought was just a coincidence until I realized there's no way this is just a coincidence. And Jen's higher self kept saying, you need to put this information in a book. So I put my information into a book, A Hypnotist's Journey to Atlantis. But you know, I didn't write these books. I didn't, I didn't. I'm just the humble messenger. They're totally written by the higher consciousness. They have an agenda. This information seeks people seeking it and it finds its way to the people that need it. And it's, it's really an interesting phenomenon that information has a consciousness. It's like this information, it really does. This information works its way two different places it's really it's really that's, it's crazy that's crazy um i don't know a whole lot about lemuria or anything with that but uh -huh. i have my crystal card deck and i created this because of my just like drive all of a sudden having to you know just wanting to understand crystals and the frequency and whatever anyway got a lemurian stone which is supposedly seated you know, in the earth now for people to discover and that there is code and imprinting and messages in these crystals, which mm -hmm. there is for all of them, but there's something really special about the Lemurian. And I kind of thought it was weird, hokey pokey, whatever, but got one and literally put it on my lap and sat down and wrote this entire book. Wow. In like less than a day. Um, just, it all just poured out and I don't know if it was, you know, it's a mixture of two people or things that showed up at my house and gave me a download of some information, but also I really th think there's something about this stone, um, or this crystal, whatever you want to call it. So anyway, but Craig, I know you're like, <laughs> I, mean, I can tell your body language when you're like, I got something, go ahead. I'm, I'm just really wanted to get into the sort of the, the meat of, of kind of like what came out in the sessions. Now I'm going to get your book hundred percent. Um, if we go into some of that information, I'd be really grateful. Um, so, so first of all, I mean, to, to those that don't know what, what is Atlantis? I mean, what came out in your That's session? So good. good question. Well, Atlantis seemed to span for thousands and thousands of years. So in the beginning, it seemed like there was a, it was a beautiful society and there were, Actually, people recount doing trades with mer people. There were, there were when um, when we seeded, and I say we because another version of us seeded us, but didn't just seed like the human form. Like they tried all different things, and so they they had like a humanoid like people, but that just were aquatic. 
but they just didn't work out as well as the human form. But during that time, there were many trades between the mer people and the humans, and it was a really peaceful and loving society. But what happened was this after there were many extraterrestrial crashes for a reason, because the new experiment was to have people on the ground to kind of work with the humans and not have a way back. And so the founder of Atlantis was an extraterrestrial, which is why um, that civilization was so advanced. So he used some of the technology that he could get from his ship. And he went through one of the ancient transport devices, which, you know, Stonehenge with the stone circles, those used to be used to transport yourself through the earth when they are working. And if you didn't have the right type of crystals, you could still use it during the equinox. Yeah. So he transported himself through the one of these stone circles that was that were set up by earlier colonizers. And when you do that, you don't know where you're going to end up. It's always where you need to go, not where you wish to go. So he ended up in the place that you would call Atlantis. And he couldn't he didn't have enough technology to be able to communicate with his home planet. So what he did was he just decided to set up a replica of what he had. And the replica was the city, what you see, that city of Atlantis. But he used the humans that were there at the time, unsuspecting humans, and he used them to create human hybrid slaves. So then he used them and he created the city with the systems of moats and everything like that. And then he basically over the course of thousands of thousands of years, Atlantis went through rises and falls. It went through very, very advanced um, to like almost like a crash where the people started to take over. And that was a golden age to, uh, you know, the people in charge taking over again to eventually the downfall. But it, according to uh, the higher consciousness that kept coming through the clients, my job was to report on the end times of Atlantis because humanity doesn't evolve in a straight line. It evolves through cycles. So we're hitting a very similar point now that is very similar. And so the reason this information was so valuable Mm -hmm. was to really put the pieces together and to make sure we move, you know, forward in a more integrated, compassionate way. But according to my, I do this job almost every single day. I mean, I'm constantly busy and I'm, I'm booked out very far in advance. So I have to say that my clients deep under hypnosis, their higher consciousness says, and it's unanimous that we're moving in a good timeline, that this is a good, we're on a good trajectory. A lot of work actually has gone in to um, really making sure this is a good timeline, believe it or not, that takes a lot of work. And essentially, you know, you might wonder, like, who hid all this stuff, you know, who it's and that is like twofold. So there's a lot of people or energies out there that don't really want us to know how powerful we really are, because when you really understand who you really are, then no one can really control you anymore because you know that you're a galactic divine being. And if you really know who you are, you can start making communication with your like galactic family. And then no one's going to tell you truths that are, no one's going to tell you things that uh, you can't just find out for yourself, you know, and see if this is true. Um, But essentially what we're doing right now is we're integrating the divine feminine and the divine masculine, because that was way out of balance. And it's almost like a pendulum coming back in in full swing. We're rebalancing, we're integrating, we're releasing this trauma. And a lot of these triggers that we see all around us are simply just to, to make us go inwards. That's what we're supposed to do. Like when we have something that triggers our memory or triggers some strange reaction within us, we're supposed to go inwards and sit with that feeling 
And then that feeling can be released and we can heal so much faster, especially in this time that we're in right now. This is a major time of healing. Mm. Oh, go on, Shadow, go on. Okay, so you'd mentioned a word, a couple words that are like triggering, not triggering in a bad way, but bringing up things. So it was a few weeks ago, maybe six weeks ago, four weeks, uh, time is broken for me, but, um, time isn't real anyway. <laughs> yeah, time isn't exactly. real. So I heard, well, I saw golden age and then I was, and it was 11, 11 when I looked at the clock and then right after, not long after I woke up and heard trans either initiating transfer or transfer initiating. I don't remember which order, but it means the same thing and whatever that means. And then I heard, um, the other line is shorter and I knew it was about timelines because I was actually kind of processing timeline things the night before, but it, for me and everybody, when you mentioned the golden age before, what is, you said, we're almost here again. We're moving into it. What the golden age was before. So I can understand how that relates to now. The golden age before was the um, overtaking of our oppressors back in Atlantis. The people overtook the oppressors. The consciousness, everybody um, understood <laughs> what had been happening, how they had been controlled, and they overtook it, and there was a golden age. Yep. Oh, my God. Back yeah. into that time, it's the evolution of consciousness where people mm -hmm. are are evolving their consciousness, their you know, really coming back into who they, they have, they truly are. But the higher consciousness says, it is so interesting because yes, we co-create our reality, but the higher self always says that you choose the version of earth you wish to be on, that there are many versions of earth. Mm -hmm. And you choose that, you choose that version of earth, that this is a different earth that we're on now that we were when it's really really interesting we start to understand that it's like it's just a game you know it's like a, a play in a sense and we've all decided most of the people walking around today have had a past life in lemuria or atlantis and they've come back to release this trauma once and for all and as a collective we're all going to move up that's something that that i was it was actually a question on my mind is that without kind of um, messing with people's belief systems a bit too much um, yeah. is that a lot of the too failures late. you're sorry <laughs> too late yeah too late <laughs> a lot of the failures um of of atlantis um many of the people have returned in this generation to to get it right right um I, I, it's something that that i've read and i've heard um, oh, wow. cool. I was just if that's anything that's come up for you at all um and that that basically that you know because obviously the, the fall of the, it, it collapsed the whole thing eventually um and that the lessons learned there because according to the masonic tradition um america is the new atlantis and you go through the same cycles um and that we're like you say we're on the precipice of, of, of this glorious golden age and we're having to deal with the mess that's been created over the however long that's so interesting it's so <laughs> it's so interesting because i never researched anybody else's work but according to the higher consciousness the ley line shifted so the um the major uh i guess uh i guess the catalyst or the powerful point for the ascension moved from atlantis to america and when that happened many of the lemurians were taken to america to be the guardians of the sacred land and they are the native americans interesting as they carry the ancient wisdom with them they're the very sacred wisdom keepers and i hope that some someday soon we can all understand how powerful these people are yeah. and recognize them for how special they are and stop being, you know, you know, get rid of this prejudice, prejudice. Yeah, and the oppression that they've suffered as a people um, by the Europeans, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, it's just, it's, it's just, it was so wrong what, what happened to them. And, and it makes sense when you see that, you know, the oppressors, 
um, who have taken over um, who are now going to face their demise as a control right. center. Right. Um, you know, and it's time to return to these sort of indigenous traditions, I believe. Um, I mean, I say I'm in the UK, so we have kind of like Celtic, Germanic traditions and things like that, um, which a lot of people are kind of remembering, you know, the Irish and the Celts and things like that. Um, but like you say, for, for America, you have this Native American heritage there, which which really has been pressed down. Like, don't look at that. But they, they are carrying something. I truly believe that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, it was interesting because when I was working with Jen, when she was deep unconscious, I asked her to draw the symbol of Lemuria and Atlantis. And her, her symbol for Atlant- for Lemuria, because she was under, so I just had her open her eyes and draw the symbol, was the four corners symbol. And I didn't think anything of this. I just what? thought it's really interesting. For Lemuria? Mm-hmm what yeah <laughs> and you can see that symbol has come all the way to these traditions they still carried the symbol yeah and yeah. i didn't put one and one together until i was working on my latest book because i have three <laughs> but but uh yeah you, i go i go deeper into that there but it was just like so interesting so the symbol of atlantis was an x it was like, it kind of looks a little like the SpaceX symbol, I noticed, although there was a loop at the end. And that was a symbol that came from the Pleiades, actually, traveled through Atlantis. And sometimes you can find it on certain stones, um, but it's a, a hoop, like a, a looped X, which represented that every experiment has a beginning and an end and a jumping off point into the unknown. Yes, the the uh, Stonehenge, <laughs> the the time travel, the out, the, the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I first of all, I want to tell you, I just talked to Dan. I talked to Daniel Brinkley. Often. Oh yeah, he's always on my panel. Uh, <laughs> okay, every, almost every time, I always tell Danny, and I was like. You're always oh, on my panels. I just love him. I love him, and he's he's gonna. I'm, a, I'm he's gonna be on the show this month, actually, and I'm gonna talk to him after this, actually. But oh, um, cool. so he told me that December nineteenth, that we actually went into a new. We finally hit fourth dimension as a collective on the planet, which causes a lot of integration for people. Some people feel extra crazy or crime or weather stuff and relationships and all the things that come with a major shift like that. Um, but the other thing is we have um, Dr. Melba on that we just interviewed that she, and she'll be um, airing next week. And she actually has forensics of mermaid people, dogmen, um, Sasquatch or Bigfoot, but you brought up the mer people. And, you know, it's like, they're still here, dude. Like, they're, they're, yeah. they're, I mean, you probably. That's just, I mentioned type thing. Right? I mean. Yeah. A lot of people remember being a, a, a mermaid, actually. <laughs> and they communicate with echolocation. Yeah. And they live in pods. And they have families and stuff. But it, they don't have, like, I'm no, but none of my clients have seen, like, cities like you see in Little Mermaid or anything like that. Yeah. But they are you know very intelligent and it's just like a person <laughs> as a mer person really yeah. and then there's some on other planets like some um certain places in the Sirius star system have like a water-like planet mm. with mer type people See, I, i've also heard that um whales and dolphins that carry such a high vibration that they were seeded from another planet to help keep the frequency high of the planet you know, just an interesting thought. There's so many wow. people feel drawn to dolphins and whales and sea creatures and stuff. And it makes you wonder, like, what connection do they have with these these animals, you know? Definitely. And one way that um, the higher consciousness is totally helping to raise the vibration is by seeding these really special light beings in the population. There's a lot of people that are not really even from here, but they're so special. They they have so much light about them. And then generally they're just here to raise the consciousness and raise the vibration of this planet. And all they have to do is just be there. 
they don't yeah. need to really do anything. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's the three waves of volunteers as well, isn't there? That the first wave were were just frequency holders. They came to change right. the, the next wave, and then the, the the third wave, which, if I, if I'm not mistaken, will be our kids' generation. Well, um, now there's like a whole new race of children. All the right. younger children, they're like not even. They're so different. They're not, I mean, they're not like we were. <laughs> my youngest is nine. And it's so interesting for me because his friends will come over and one of his friends said, oh, there's, um, I think he pointed to the North Star and said, oh, there's the, there's Polaris. That's where I'm from. Wow. <laughs> wow. Really, I tried to get him to talk about it and he was like, can I have pizza? I don't, you know, it was, oh that was it. I love it. Just, like they already know, they already know this stuff. They're like a totally new race of, yeah. of human beings. It's really interesting. It well, uh, I cannot believe it's already coming up at the hour because I have like a ton of more questions. Would you please ever come back so we could talk about yeah, maybe sure. your other books or other? This is so this is the funnest conversation I've had in so long. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah, sure. Don't you think, Craig? What is your next book called? Do you have a title? So. I have a hypnotist journey to Atlantis, a hypnotist journey to the secrets of the Sphinx, a hypnotist journey from the trail to the star people. And all of these books are written by the higher consciousness. I'd love to take credit, but I'm just the messenger. I'm just the one that's facilitating the session. But that's it's exactly what Dolores used to say, wasn't it? She's not the author, is she? Is it, I'm is not it? the, oh, Dolores. Right, she used to say that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm just there for the ride. The last book wrote itself in one year. Wow, That's pretty wow. amazing. That's how um, I feel. Shana, do we do we do we have time for just like one? one yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for one. it. Yeah, we yeah. do. Good, good. Um, good because just getting back to the uh, Atlantis thing is is um, you know, because we've got to make things relate to today. I believe, um, yeah, and yeah. the reason okay. why this is coming into the collective conscious, most definitely, certainly for for my because again, like anyone else i've never had an interest in this sort of thing uh, i know people that have have really felt drawn to this stuff um it's just never never float my boat really um is there anything else of significance um kind of like with regards to the culture i mean my understanding is this that they they, they were they were humans but there was there was like openly had uh, friendships relationships with with people from other worlds other dimensions mm -hmm. but there was this kind of what we would imagine is like a, a utopian society that they had that is have you got any sort of insights into that i did during the golden age it seems like they had a utopian society where they would communicate with the star people and their galactic origins they're really advanced they would use crystals i mean they still use crystals up until the end but a lot of that faded and they became a lot more scientific towards the end of the last Atlantis, according to most of my clients, or according to my clients' timeline, the timeline they wanted me to share, because there's other timelines, just like some people remember Nelson Mandela dying in prison and others don't. Yeah. Not everybody shares the same timeline. But um, yes, they could communicate with their galactic origins a lot of the time. It was very different. Um, but a lot of people are being triggered by current events because there were like illnesses happening and there were many, many experiments being done um, towards the end of days in Atlantis and people just didn't say anything. There were um, there, but the thing to understand though about these experiments and a lot of the genetic experiments, I have to be careful what I say because taken down off of YouTube a lot. <laughs> um, there were uh, side effects of these genetic experiments, but they produced abilities. And so that's something we're seeing in our current day. Yes. People, people don't understand that what you would consider a disability is actually a huge ability. And that's what we didn't understand in Atlantis, because a lot of these people that had disabilities actually could read the crystals. They could they could tap into the ley lines. Right. Um, 
some of the experiments were done with animal type DNA producing like animal like people, although they did like splice different body parts. They did a lot of different experiments and it's a lot of the technology that we've actually been secretly doing Mm. already. Um, But the, one of the most important things was to understand that even like, um, well, even if you look in, in today's time, like the savants, and are considered to have a, dis- a disability, but they've obviously opened a channel in their mind that's a huge ability. Same mm-hmm. with like dyslexia is a huge ability. Um, ADHD is a huge ability and it's so overlooked. I mean, the higher consciousness has said things like people with ADHD are told when they're in school to just think of this box. You know, there's a box, look at the box. Why can't you just look at the box? When a person with ADHD can think way greater than the box. They can think around the box, all around. They can tell you the other things about the box. And they're so undervalued. And this needs to be, you know, valued. Plus astigmatism, people with astigmatism, actually have the ability to see into different dimensions. They just think this is a terrible disability. There's, if you look at any thing that's considered a disability, um, it's actually an ability. It's just understanding what it is. This was happening in Atlantis and we just didn't understand. We didn't understand. And during the time of Atlantis, they were, they were killed, the people that were different. So in that sense, this is, Good. We're not doing that, but there's certain things I can't say, or your video will get taken. <laughs> <laughs> we hear you. We hear you. On about things like um, manipulating genetics, that kind of thing. Yeah, that kind yeah. Of thing. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Okay. And certain mass treatments that is manipulating people's genetics. Yeah, yeah. That's because there were so many experiments, and there was a lot of manipulation going on. Um, genetic experiments. But, you know, when my clients would remember Atlantis a lot of the time, they would, they wouldn't be able to see the sky. It looked smoggy. There's a lot of smog. And I didn't really fully understand what that was, but it was because they were burning things. Seeding the sky, perhaps. (sighs) Anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well, even on um, what is Man in the High Castle, um, they were doing some of that. And that's just, to me, there's so much disclosure in that series. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but there is burning and things falling from the sky. And people are like, well, what is that? And it was, they were killing people and then incarcerating. I mean, like burning them up kind of Holocaust stuff of just people who didn't fit what you were talking about. But yes, then there's other smog in the sky too. There's all kinds of things that that could fall under, but interesting. So, so interesting. Well, uh, yeah, I, as soon as I'm getting off here, I'm going to inbox you for a new date. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm just like, I feel like I'm vibrating. Um, Does anyone Isn't that funny that, you know, people have healed themselves from just even hearing some of this information. I actually just got a testimonial of someone that their eyesight cleared up and then someone else who had a cough, it went away. It's, it's not, it's the consciousness, the information literally has a consciousness. It's really, I mean, conversations like this literally will activate someone, you know, this information will, will literally turn them on. And, um, you know, that, that can just get rid of any kind of ailment kind of thing. I think we yeah. do this to with each other all the time. Like someone will be talking to you and you'll realize something and you realize you just released a thousand years of trauma. You just you didn't even know, no, no, no. Yeah. You know you had. <laughs> well, I mean, and too, like all of this is taking me into the now, like Craig said, is the crystal technology and the Tesla technology yes. and the crystal caves and the Lemurian crystals. And, you know, we've had Dan, Wallace, uh, Willis, who talked about Marcel um, Vogel's um, understanding of Tesla tech and how he would take certain crystals and cut them a certain way, and then they would aim them wherever people needed help or support, but he would have to blow, like physically, Interesting. Um, to somehow, I guess, 
the essence of the crystal with laser in the body and well, I didn't know what a vocal tool was, but when people described the um, crystals in Atlantis, they were shaped like that at the ends. Yeah. And that's what they Thanks were in these, yeah. Clear, yeah. these clear pyramids. Yeah. And that was what produced the power in Atlantis. Yeah. Wow. And it was all wow. connected in, to grids. In this golden age, now we have the technology to plug it in because there's a, a terawam that's now come out or whatever. And it's literally a tube of crystals that you don't have to sit there and blow. You just plug it in and it's doing the same thing. I mean, oh, there's it's, so it's much. Giving, it's giving power back to the people. And that's what the golden ad, that was a big missing piece for me is the uh, taking back authority of your health, of your mind, of your body, of right. just life, of you know, life, yeah. clean food and clean water and totally getting rid of this, whatever government that's done. Oh, it's, it's happening. Done. It might yeah. look like the worst, it might be worse for a little bit as they put up their last fight, but it's, you know, they're, it's over. I see. I mean, the purpose of a government is to protect our right to, to be our own master and to be our own. That's the job of a government is to, to stay out of our lives, basically protect right. our right to be sovereign. Um, right. as soon as they start doing things for us, being a nanny to us, is when problems happen. Every, mm -hmm. You know, history shows yeah. us this. Um, and like you say, we talk a lot about sovereignty, you know, stepping into your power, being unique and, and just being authentic. And, the you know, this kind of spiritual type teaching is exactly what's going to get us into this golden age um, as we take responsibility. And as our consciousness is raising, yeah. people that are full of just wanting to serve themselves and negativity and being corrupt, it's so easy to see. You can see right through them now in this fourth dimension. Yeah. Yeah. You can no. tell who's authentic and who's not. You can feel it. I feel it. I don't just see yeah. it. I like literally get an icky feeling like with or yeah. hearing their voice even like not mm -hmm. any judgment against whatever that, you know, they're doing their role. But uh, just through the phone or watching a video or something, people have sent me stuff that they got all the likes, they got all the people, you know, it's just like, but I'm just like, eh. yep. like it makes me feel yucky inside. I, I can't even listen to like a minute or two of this person. Yeah. And some of them have been on the show and then we've seen a change and we're just like, whoa, what happened to that? You know, so our abilities are coming online. Exactly. So, you know, don't discount your, your abilities, your intuition. It's getting stronger and stronger. Yes. Yeah. Well, where can people find you? Um, so they can go to my website, theholistichypnotist.com. And um, you can get my uh, books on Amazon. Awesome. They on well, Kindle. And Kindle and Audible too. Excellent. Yes, yes, yes. And well, the I, next place I'm speaking is uh, Crestone. I'm hosting Crestone with Paula Harris this year. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. Which come to the UK? You know, I want to. I want to. Mm -hmm. I don't okay. know. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. see. Never know. So to summarize, then, I think I think just 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 as I guess as a final thought is, is to relate this to to the topic. You know, a lot of people, uh, you know, have, have been messaging like with interest with Atlantis, and obviously I'm on a journey myself about it. And I guess that the the final thought would be, you know, we're here to to get right what was what was wrong in the past yeah. and it, it, it like absolutely serves us to uh, research these things and to go back i mean yes that the, they've hidden this stuff from us most definitely these oppressors i like that that's what they are that's like the parasites the oppressors whatever you want to call them uh, they keep this information from us because if we can look at the past and say right we're not going to go there again we're going to learn from the past and not make these mistakes i truly believe that this is what it's all about um and i'm excited i think it's really encouraging it's beautifully, awesome. beautifully said. Yes, totally. Definitely. It is really encouraging. That's what we're here to do is to release this trauma, release this past and move forward. But it really does help to understand where we where we have been. Yes, yes. So we don't repeat the mistakes and we can do better, get second chances or maybe how many? Maybe it's not second. Maybe it's a millionth chance. Who knows? But Well, history repeats itself until we learn the lesson. Exactly. Yes, yes. Awesome. Well, you are amazing. Thank you Thanks. just for your sweetheart. And literally, I mean that. And just your such a purity um, that I feel with mm. just so sacred. And I don't always feel that with people that we have on we get all kinds of people on purpose um because 
we choose to have a lot of different ideas and allow people to to expand or not or take this and take that and this has just been i'm like vibing so hard this is like <laughs> so cool i'm just so happy and especially because it's really filled in the blanks for me and some of the things that i've been getting um you know personally well and collectively for because i get stuff and sometimes i'm just like i don't know what to do with that i'll just self it and then someone like you comes and goes boop 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 boop, boop and i have this whole line of like oh that makes so sense now but um, you guys have a great day and thank Craig, you. Have a great day and yes, we'll be in touch. And uh, you guys stay tuned next week. We have Dr. Melba on where she's going to talk about Bigfoot forensics, Nephilim forensics, mermaid, dogman, all the things. She has like got the science to back this stuff. It's going to be really interesting, cool, and um, and yeah, just make sure hit the subscribe. If you're seeing this on Facebook, um, I'm going to remind you, we don't normally do Facebook anymore. Um, we've moved everything to YouTube for a lot of reasons. So if you, we just, we did this today on Facebook and every now and then we will just because we want to remind you that we're here, but please do migrate over and go to YouTube and hit that notification and hit the subscribe. So you know what's coming and you can um, hear all that, but thank you again, Sarah. And thank you guys. Thank Thanks, you, Craig. And you. all the links for everybody are all up under here. So y'all can find everybody really clickable easily. And uh, we'll look forward to the next time. Appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you guys. All right. Thank, thank you. you. Bye.